Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights, here with Tanner Jones, where we talk about custom cards, something he knows about intimately with his handiwork and great graphic design skills that he puts to use. So we're going to talk about his experience as well as just custom cards in general. But thanks, Top Spinini Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Hugs and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, as well as ComC and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Custom cards, Tanner, are we exclusively talking about one-of-ones? When we talk about custom cards, for really going down a path that 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 is yeah one of ones. Yeah, basically the way that I started out doing these was really for my collection, and I wanted to create Jose Canseco cards that didn't exist. So yeah, for the for the vast majority of of what I create, there's only there's only one of them. They're for my collection to to enjoy because nobody else had made them before. So if I told you I wanted to get a, a limited edition of of ten copies of Roberto Clemente in some kind of a kind of like tops. Tops uh, Project 2020, but let's just say, I just said, you know, I, I'd like to see what you could do with this, Tanner. Does the 10 give you heartburn? If I told you I had nine brothers, I wanted to give, uh, I wanted to keep one, <laughs> give one to each of my nine brothers, which you are, who are at this point, uh, fictitious, but uh, <laughs> because it seemed like one of one is just, it's your artistic expression. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that I create, it's, it's not really for, you know, production purposes or anything. It's really for my own enjoyment. For the most part, I will have people that commission me to do pieces, but it's going to be pieces that are like very personal. So of their dad or of their kid with a piece of uh, measuring tape that was used from their, their child's birth, you know, that sort of thing. So, you know, when you're talking about somebody creating multiple cards, I think a lot of that comes from custom card makers that are intending to sell um, on eBay. And I, I just don't do that. So it's mainly just one of ones. Well, there's no, you're an artisan. So, I mean, I think basically you're, there's no economy of scale. In what you're doing, hmm. sounds to me that you're making them one at a time. There's no assembly line. No, no, it's all it's all by hand. Yeah. My, my point is, I I think that's you know really to be applauded, to be applauded. And I don't think it should be done in a design that's confusing to uh, a copyrighted or trademarked or patented infringement of a design. But I think if you're being creative, I think that's cool. Now, if you you know the ripoff where you're taking a design and making a custom card to make it look like it's from one of the companies, I think that's not it's not what you're doing, and that's not. I'm just wondering, is there a different thing to call that? Because I think what you're doing really is custom is a custom card. But I don't regard it as the same as what you're saying of somebody that's doing something that it doesn't have the same workmanship and it's just, you know, a, a basic card that's intended to make someone think this is really licensed. Yeah, I, th- I think that there's a difference between a, car- a custom card maker and uh, a counterfeiter. Yeah, so that's one thing. There are some people out there that are probably somewhere in the middle where they say, okay, I'm going to take this 2011 Topps Mike Trout and I'm going to make tons of copies of it, but I'm going to put reprint on the back. Or worse, I'm going to say it's a reprint in the listing on eBay, but it doesn't show it on the card. I'm very against all of those practices. If, if you want to get into custom card making, you know, make it make it your own, you know, make sure it's not something that ever could be mistaken for you know, something that's actually been created by one of the card companies. Well, I, I agree with you because it's just that, and, and so, the, so taking something of, and changing the photo or changing something to make it a little bit different, to make it look like it's a, you know, kind of a, a, a different photo variation of the same card. Like I said, I think if there's an intent to, intent to deceive, you're not in favor of that. I'm not in favor of that either. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anything you're doing in your custom card, especially if it's for your own, is any attempt to deceive. In fact, I think it's workmanship you, you should be and are deservedly proud of, but I don't think, I don't think that's what we're talking about when, with some of these other things. But again, I agree. There's counterfeiters, and that's totally wrong. And that's probably something that's that needs to be shut down. But then there's this middle ground where there's a custom card that is produced more than one of one. 
you know, and maybe even serially numbered because it's not it's not hard to to go to a printer and get get serial numbers put on a card that you made. But I wouldn't be in favor of that. And I, I like I said, I think the, the I don't know that we're going to wait for the FBI to shut people down. I would hope collectors will realize that custom cards are, you know, when it's one of one or something. So it's like a work of art. You could I could do a painting of Jose Canseco. It wouldn't look like it very much. But and if I put it on a two two and a half by three and a half and I called it a you know a Jim Beckett sketch card, I don't think there'd be a lot of demand there. But yeah. So do you get any negativity or or you get like almost exclusively positivity when you're showing some of these works of art that you're doing? My guess is you're getting, you're not being trolled, are you? Well, I think I have a lot for, you know, maybe religious beliefs. <laughs> I'm talking about that though. I'm talking about for doing the custom cards. The people. Yeah. As far as custom cards go, not really. It's all been, been positive for the most part. It's uh, I, I love showing, you know, showing what I've done and, and the latest project I worked on was uh, an 1889 Goodwin A35 round album set. And I just, I, that thing kept me up. I, and I, I was, I was so excited to be able to show that off. It took a few months and, and I'm so glad that, that, you know, how it came out. Well, the problem well, the, the good thing is that your works of art, your your custom cards, I can't even imagine how you, if you were going to sell, the price you'd have to pay to acknowledge the labor that you put in, you know, would would be prohibitive for most people. So it's obviously a labor of love, and and it's like I say, a work of art. So it's it's displayable, which again, I, I love the way you took that that round album thing and. And made it because they're gorgeous cards and they're very hard to find very very hard to find what people don't realize is that there were cards that were put out over the last 130 years but then there were premiums of the cards which are you know the cards are 100 times more plentiful than the premiums that would that would be from the 19th century especially because they're not even that many and then the, the 1930s some of the gaudy premiums and the, you know things from and some of the hot dog cards in the 50s they're one percent of what you would see of a tops card or a Gaudi card that's that's the base issue or an old judge or something like that, which mm-hmm. are which are scarce anyway. So I don't, you know, I I think what. So how are you displaying that? Are you you have that on on a wall at home or? Yeah, so I've got this little cubby system that's like probably about two feet away from me where I've got uh, the John Ward, the Cap Anson, and the King Kelly. They're displayed, and then there are others. They're they're in the closet as well, but uh, they're just. I, I love these bigger pieces from the 19th century, especially. And that was kind of the main, the main reason why I have these, because it's so difficult to figure out how to properly display this round album set because they're round, they're awkward, they're large. They're not two and a half by three and a half inches. They're not like they the size of the wall. If you put them all up, right? Wouldn't they? Yeah. So probably what I'll do is I'll probably rotate them out. You know, I love the Comiskey also. And I love the one with uh, Roger Connor on it. I love the Buck Ward one so, or the Bucky Wing one. Uh, so they'll have to be rotated for sure. Yeah. I mean, if any listeners are not uh, knowing those names, they're iconic, legendary names from more than 100 years ago, but pretty much all in the Hall of Fame. And and the original heroes of baseball, that group from the 19th century. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Again, that wasn't a custom card, but you took an album and then turned it into cards, which is what I think most people do anyway. And then you've provided custom framing and custom kind of border treatment. Which again, I'm not seeing much of that. I mean, if you, I haven't seen anybody, you know, if you have a, follow this logic, okay? You have a, a spe, we'll say Jose Canseco for, if were you, would you th- what do you think the demand would be to take an 86 Donruss Canseco and to turn it into, it, do something that had an embellished uh, border treatment for in a five by seven holder where the, the center of it, the, you know, the, the centerpiece is the card without alteration. 
but then there's some kind of an enhanced frameable matting treatment. Have people done that very much? Because I mean, what you brought out in the 835 stuff is that the background treatments were not peculiar, but were selected and chosen for the, not the temperament of the player, but something, there was a connection there. And so to have something, you know, in a, a around the Jose Canseco, have people done that? You know, I, I remember there was a, I don't know if it's Beckett or not, but there were some grading companies, I think that they would encapsulate a card and they would put like a piece of a bat chip in the actual slab itself. Yeah, we did that. that so, was, okay. So it was Beckett. So I've seen but it. It wasn't done. Here's we talked about this is that it was done like a left brainer would do it, Tanner. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. And that's why it never really caught on. I actually have a few of those because I was part of that. And I think it was not done properly because it was done in the context of the card and the slab. And it, it was not, it, it, sh- it needed more fresh thinking. What, like what you would have done, you wouldn't have put a little tiny bat chip there that made it look incidental. It didn't enhance the card enough and consequently didn't, didn't really catch on. Well, so there was one other way that I, that I tackled something similar to this. I actually did a custom booklet that was, I have a picture of it on my wall. It's a, uh, I don't even remember what it was called. I can't read it too far up there. But basically what I did was I took, I cut up actual pieces of Canseco rookie cards, Fleer, Tops, Donruss, and I embedded them in the card as if they were actual game use pieces, but instead they were rookie card pieces just for fun. You know, but it actually came out really well. Interesting. Interesting. When you're doing these custom cards, how many cards, do you get it right the first time? Or do you hack up a few cards before you practice on some commons and then, and, and get your, your cutting technique or your insertion technique? I mean, what's the trial and error there? Oh my gosh. I, well, the, the A35 set, for instance, I was probably in front of Photoshop agonizing over colors for an unbelievable amount of hours, you know? So it takes a long, long time. There's probably a lot of people that are much more efficient at than me, but you know, this isn't a business for me. This is just fine. It's hobby. I, it's a hobby. I enjoy doing it. I enjoy the hours I put into it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty obvious because I think it's a lot of hours when you, when I meet with the younger people that are, considering uh, their career or making a career change, you know, one of the, one of the telltale signs that you're in the right place is if you enjoy the aspects of the job that other people would consider drudgery or punishment. (laughs) It's like, if you have uh, two kids that you're disciplining, which I guess you have two kids now, but they're not the same age, but if you had two kids similar in age and one of them was more extroverted and one is more introverted, (laughs) if you give the extroverted one a timeout, he or she is going to freak out. Whereas the introvert cools up with a curls up with a book and says, "Thanks for the timeout." That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>, spot on. <laughs> keep, it, keep it quiet. And so, uh, but the drudgery. I mean, again, so you found your element. It sounds like part of the custom card thing just is is something that's kind of the culmination of some of your God given gifts as well as your interests in the players, the sport, and and graphic design. And I think it's really cool that you applied that in a in a fresh and interesting and innovative way. It's really just a perfect intersection intersection for me. And to be able to show them online, you know, we talked in another episode about the internet. Like I love showing this stuff off online too. It's it's just been another uh, fun piece of the hobby for me. What do they compare it to? I mean, I'm just saying, you know, one of the things that in doing the price guides over the years, for me anyway, there was always like a comparative framework of this card or this player, there were, there were comparisons. But what you're doing is not easily compared because it's more of a one-off. And that, does that give you satisfaction uh, because when you're showing these things you know on the internet your custom cards people say i, I don't see anything like that yeah a lot of them will uh, a lot of them are goofy like i'll do a 1993 sp 
foil of Homer Simpson, for instance, or I'll do a 1998 pinnacle prototype of Kinseka where I'm, you know, kind of photobombing them in the background. So some of them will look similar to actual cards that were never produced, like a 1992 Skybox Derek Jeter, for example. You know, I just, I just enjoy all that stuff so much. Like there's, there's not really a whole lot of this that I don't really like. <laughs> well, that's a good note to end on. I, I think that there's so many ways to enjoy this hobby. And I think Tanner, I think you have made money on the hobby because you're astute and you bought and sold, but it sounds like that's not what's giving you the most enjoyment. It's not about the buying and the selling. It's just you've been able to create, which is an innate thing that, that, that I think we all enjoy. It's just that some are better than others. Hint, hint, Tanner's a lot better than I am at, at doing those kind of things. And, uh, but he's been generous to, you know, provide uh, images and, share his experience. Tanner, let's close with uh, just, are you still, is your book still available and selling on uh, Amazon mainly or? Yeah, it sure is. I, so I sell it on Amazon for the most part. It's when I last checked, uh, well, when I last checked a couple of days ago, it was number five on the list, uh, top list. Most of the ones ahead of me were Beckett, <laughs> were Beckett magazines. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay. I do not mind uh, being behind the, being behind the Beckett uh, magazines, but I also do them personally. If somebody wants to, you know, purchase a signed copy, that sort of thing to you. Well, it was a great read. Encourage people. Confession, confessions of a baseball card addict? Yes. Huh? Okay. Well, that's, that's that. I don't know that could be my title as well. I hope I didn't rise to the level of addiction, but it was a great read. Thanks, Tanner. As always, enjoy visiting with you. And uh, thanks, listeners. Enjoy visiting with you as well. So we'll be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man in-